Hey, and welcome to the Hot Air Podcast from Watchful. I'm Vic Drover. I'm here with my colleague, Steve. And on today's pod, we're talking with Ritzage Communications. Ritzage is a full-service digital agency. They're based in Alabama and America's Southeast, and they've got two locations down there. This pod is interesting for lots of reasons. First, this pod is another four-person interview, so we have lots of perspectives on the business. And second, I'm happy to say Red Sage has been growing ever since the COVID crisis hit. Steve, what's going on? Yeah, Vic, this was a really inspiring chat with Jennifer and Teresa. They have been growing. They are a successful female-owned agency. They pay good salaries and they take care of their staff with excellent benefits. We talked to them about how they manage that. They credit it to their deep roots in the local community and also their really careful use of modern tools, including time tracking. We talk about how Red Sage also uses Watchful to manage a network of over 200 client sites. Yeah, that all sounds great, Steve. Let's not wait any longer. Let's get after it. Hey, Teresa, Jennifer, welcome to a four-person podcast. Great to have you guys. Hi, Steve. Great to be here. Teresa, do you mind introducing yourself quickly? I'm Teresa Smith. I'm the senior web designer at Red Sage Communications that's located in Decatur, Alabama. And Jennifer, people may know you from around the Joomla world. Probably. I used to be quite active in the community and yeah, volunteered in a lot of areas and uh, I really love Joomla. Cool. So you guys are both working for Red Sage out of Alabama and you guys, correct me if I'm wrong, are a female-owned female majority web agency, and you guys are really doing pretty well right now. We are doing well. Our company founder, Ellen Didier, is obviously a female-owned and female-founded company, and we have three, uh, or actually now four, men working for us, so it's turning into a really good balance. Cool. So you guys have had maybe a couple of bumps during the coronavirus, but from the sounds of it, talking with you before the podcast, after some initial uncertainty, things are starting to look up? Yeah, it started out a little, I think like most everybody else, a little uncertainty and a little, how is this going to play out? And we have several customers who are in the medical community. And so there were there was some initial work for those customers to help get COVID-19 messaging out on their websites and in marketing materials. And then there was a little bit of a slowdown, but things have absolutely picked up and we're getting a lot of calls and sales calls of people wanting more information on websites and, you know, marketing messaging and what can we do to drive our business forward as this kind of market space has changed a bit. So initially, a lot of the work was driven by the virus itself. People needed to talk to their customers Correct me if I'm wrong, but you work with a a big local hospital, for example. We do. We work with a large hospital that owns um, Huntsville Hospital, and they have multiple affiliate hospitals out in North Alabama, and we've uh, built websites for several of those. Oh, okay. So I think that's built in Joomla, and maybe there was a lot of marketing work that the hospital needed to communicate with, with people in the community about what was going on. Correct. The sites are all built in Joomla, all of the the various hospital sites and their affiliate sites. And a big part of it was coming up with a way to put the important information at the top, front and center of each website 
to say, we're not allowing visitors right now, or here's a change to our hours, and here's what we're doing for COVID-19. So it was a lot of messaging on hospital usage and how is that going to work going forward. So you guys maybe had a little bit of downtime as things slowed down initially. Did you do any side projects? Were you helping out the community in the Huntsville area at all? We had a little bit of a slowdown. It wasn't, I think we all stayed fairly busy and we're all working from home. None of us have been in the office together since March 17th. And so we're all working remotely. But our company president, Ellen, found a kind of ran across another site that was using Webflow to create a local community or shop local site of restaurants and shopping and ways to get things curbside. And she kind of tossed that over to Jenny to handle. And so I'll let Jenny talk a bit more about that. Yeah, uh, Webflow uh, was a totally new platform for me. And when I um, saw it, I realized there were some, the project itself was created by some uh, developers in Oklahoma City with one name that I I recognized from some local uh, tech conferences. And what did they, they created this site where restaurants and bars could put a little, little card of each of, uh, of what their restaurant offered, uh, whether they had curbside or takeout or delivery options, whether they used delivery services like Grubhub. And there was an easy way for restaurants to add, add their restaurant to the site. And they created a Webflow allows the creation of filters. So you can really get down to the area, local area. You can do it by how you want, wanted something delivered. They also created an area so restaurants and bars could create a tip pool for their servers because they were, had been laid off. So it was really a, a great initiative to prop up the local entertainment and uh, restaurant and, and bar industries. And these developers allowed the site to be cloned. So they put it open and available for everybody else to use. And so it made onboarding a new platform a lot easier. It was a good experience. It sounds very open source in concept, you know. Uh, I don't know if the platform was open source or not. You can tell us, I suppose. But the idea that they made that template site open for everyone is really, it's just really nice, actually. It was really, well, that was part of what drew me to it. And I thought, this is a really great moment to see that maybe a proprietary software is actually allowing their users to be open and giving with what they're creating. Jenny, um, we've had some folks on previous episodes talk about their work to really just research R&D using other platforms. So for example, we had a WordPress user who was trying Wix and trying Squarespace and Shopify and kind of reporting back on on how that compared to his experience with WordPress, which was his preferred platform. And so did you take anything from the current experience? I guess it's only been a few months with Webflow that you're going to bring back in for your day-to-day WordPress work or your day-to-day Joomla work. I know you guys have a shop running sites on both, right? Yes. I think what was uh, interesting is what I was able, new skills I was able to gain was using other platforms that are, aggregators like Integramat, Zapier, learning all about those and seeing the value in that. that there's, there's a lot of different software as a service platforms out there that do different jobs that can really help automate some of the work you have to do. That was, that was a really great learning experience for me. So you guys run 200 plus websites. Correct. Uh, you got some 
a whole lot of Joomla in there, a whole lot of WordPress as well. Do you have any other platforms in the mix? There's a We have a couple of clients that have Squarespace sites. We're working with a customer right now to build a Shopify site. Ellen created a website for our local community that was called armchairmoco.com. And it's things to do in our local county, Morgan County, Alabama, while you're socially distancing. And so it covered different things like some online classes that you could take or, you know, learn a new skill, listen to live music, take a tour. And it's all things that are located in our county. And she worked with the local tourism bureau to do that and built it on Weebly because you could get it out really quick. And it was more about, let's just get some information out there for particularly parents that were now having to homeschool their kids. What are the resources that are available here? And so she used Weebly to get that up and up and running pretty quickly. You know what? We had a similar experience down here in Florida. With my family and a couple of friends, we stood up a WordPress.com site really quickly for similar purposes. And it sounds as if some of these SaaS or no-code services fit a nice little gap for projects that need to be iterated or launched really quickly. So Jennifer used Webflow to spin up restaurant sites real quick. Ellen used Weebly to spin up her site real quick. We used WordPress.com. Maybe they aren't quite good enough for a long-term high-quality project, but if you want something quick, these SaaS services are a good fit. They're also a good fit for nonprofits that need a site but don't have the budget or the personnel to really put into building a full-out site because we all know when you start building a big website, somebody has to write the content and pull all the images together. And when you're working with a nonprofit, that's not always there. So to have the option of spinning something up really quickly, even when you don't have necessarily the nonprofit doesn't have the personnel to pull it all together, you can get enough information to get a quick site up and get their name out there and their their mission out there. So you've been doing increasingly well, I guess, as people have been finding their feet after the initial pandemic shock. And you mentioned before the call that you had just hired someone part-time and had enough work to almost immediately move them full-time. What's working well for Red Sage at the moment? Where's the money coming from? Have you any tips or tricks that have helped Red Sage succeed in these times? I think the most important thing, and it's going to sound a little cliche, but customer service and integrity. You know, I think that we have a really good reputation in the community that Ellen and Dan and and our entire staff has worked hard to develop over the years so that when people start talking about what are we going to do and who are we going to call, I feel like our name comes up pretty regularly. And that's important. You know, we hear all the time, and I'm sure you guys have heard it too, hey, we had this website built, but we can't get in touch with our web developer, or we need to change something, and we have to ask them three times to change it. And, you know, if our clients send us a website change, we try to get it done usually the same day, but three days is max. So I feel like our reputations carried us a lot, but now as people and companies are coming back to work, and they're looking at a possible recession and a slowdown, they're ready to spend money on marketing. And they're calling us to see, okay, what are the options and what can I do? So for your existing customers, you have great relationships. So the repeat business is strong. What about for new customers? Is it mostly word of mouth? Is it just good Google search results? Are there local places where maybe you're advertising your specialty with healthcare, for example? 
I'm going to be honest as the web person, I'm probably not the best person to speak to this because <laughs> we have a, you know, we have a marketing team that markets our company and they've built some specific pages and content for like the shop local site we were talking about. And I think quite a few of the calls that we've gotten have been more word of mouth, but we also have this new marketing coordinator that we've pulled in, you know, that's initially part-time, but we expect them to be full-time probably within a month is picking up the phone and calling your existing customers. Hey, how are you doing in COVID-19? What can we do to help you? How can we, you know, is there a website update? Is there anything you need? And so we have that. And then also reaching out to communities that maybe we've had a contact with in the past and saying, Hey, we've got this shop local thing. Is this something that your, your community could benefit from? So I feel like there's a, a several things at play there that's helping our phone ring. We're very active in the community. Michelle does a great job of putting herself out there with one of the organizations we work with in, in Huntsville is the Catalyst Center, which is a sort of an entrepreneur launching. Them. They don't even work with just entrepreneurs. They work with some of the government contractors in the area too. Like a business incubator? Kind of, yeah. Jenny, uh, how has the pandemic affected the work that you do? You're doing a lot of the technical work, website updates, that sort of thing. Are you able to offer advice to people based on you know the last two months experience? They come in and say, we need to do this. Well, you've done that five, six, seven times. Are you able, even if it's just content wording or positioning, or is there some, is there some expertise you're gaining? Well, really the work I do for uh, Red Sage is I manage the updates and security for all the sites and I use Watchful. Uh, that's my, Hey, we Whoa, like to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say you have a great tool. It allows me when I log in every day, it allows me to have an overview of all the, the 200 and five sites that we have on that, on Watchful, that are Joomla WordPress sites, it allows me to have an overview at a glance as to what's going on. And we hate red dots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> keep, keep everything green. Keep it green. Uh, and the thing is, is that it makes it easy and that I've, I've come up with a way to kind of connect cloud access to in, inside Watchful so that I can, from inside Watchful, as long as I'm logged into our cloud access account, I can access the back end of any site right from Watchful. I can do almost everything I need to do right from Watchful, which I find is an in- incredibly helpful. Ah, so you have a, a standard platform for all the sites you look after. All the sites are put on cloud access? Yes. All the sites, well, you used to work for cloud access, right? I did. <laughs> so you know them well, you know their platform. So all the sites go on cloud access, all the sites go on Watchful. Do you have more more strategies like that? Do you have like a a set group of plugins you always work with or are there other processes like that so it makes it easier to manage 200 plus sites? We do. Initially when, um, when Red Sage brought me on to assist them, Teresa and I brainstormed and came, came together on, with, this was with Joomla at the time, how, what is our process for building sites? What plugins do we use the most? Why do we use them? Do we really need to use them? So we came up with a basically a base package that we use. And so all of our sites, we try not to go use plug- plugins or extensions that are outside of our base set because we know them. We know those plugins well. We know how they work. We know how they operate together on a site. 
we know that the developers are active, uh, their support is great, and that they are updated regularly, and that they their updates are always made compatible with the new with the latest version of Joomla, and they're active in the Joomla community. So we came up with a base package that allows us to start from a place of success for every site that we do. And so on on that note, you know, if you look at our cloud access account, we have two um, package websites set up. We have a WordPress package and we have a Joomla package that has everything installed on, on individual hosting accounts. So when we go in, if I have a new website to start tomorrow, I can go set up a hosting account on cloud access. Then I can go to my WordPress package hosting account and click a button and replicate that entire site setup over to the new hosting account that I set up. And so all our plugins are there, all the settings are already done, everything's ready. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Is it a feature where you can upload your own sort of distribution almost, or are you just copying a base site for every new customer? You're just copying a base site, but we have everything, all our settings, all our plugins, everything the way we want it. And um, we kind of rebuild that and update it maybe every six months or so and just push that out to our new hosting account. So we're, we're ready to go with. Exactly what we need already. And so we're, we're bypassing all of the setup of say admin tools. We have a basic setup for admin tools. We've set up one of the extensions we use quite frequently is Zoo. So that is already pre-configured. Our setup with our child template for uh, Utheme Pro is another plugin that we use regularly. So and almost everything we use is, is using Utheme Pro. So we have everything kind of set up so that we don't have to do all the, all the little finicky details that are a time sink every single time we launch a site. And the other thing I'll tell you that, that we do at Red Sage, we are, Ellen's really big on processes because you're less likely to make a mistake if you have a process for something. And we use a project management software called Workfront. And we have different templates set up in there for a WordPress site, for a Joomla site, and for the two website processes we have. We have sort of a traditional website build, and then we have one we call collaborative, where we work more one-on-one with the client building thing, every section and every page out. And we have those in Watchful as a template of every single step that has to happen in the process of building a website down to when we finish the site and we're ready to launch it, once the site's live, here are all the checkboxes we have to go through to make sure everything is done and everything's right and it's working properly. And then it, you know, as you tick things off, then it, at the end, it, of course, goes to billing. And I think that's a huge help as you work through things if you stick to that list of here's what I know we have and here's what I know we have to do. It also makes it easier to hand it off to somebody else to finish if you can't finish it because you kept track of it all the processes and all the steps all the way down the list. Yeah, process is what every successful company that we interview, every successful web developer, it's almost always, do I have a good process and can I make it better over time? Can I teach it to somebody so I can grow my business? So that's, it's a recurring theme on the, on the pod. I wanted to ask if it's kind of related to process. We had auto updates for Joomla come out in Watchful earlier this year. Have you been experimenting with that. I was interested to know your experience with it. WordPress, of course, is making a big push in that area. Um, what are your What are your thoughts on auto updates? Well, uh, <laughs> personally, I'm not a fan of auto updates because even if you've got your process down, even if you're you know you've tried to keep everything working as cleanly as possible, there's always an opportunity for failure. 
to occur for, because of an outside force. So I avoid automatic updates because when I go through our update process, I always test on two or three sites, do a manual update, manual updates, test to make sure everything is working correctly. And then I can go through using Watchful and using the update process through Watchful, but I don't set anything on automatic updates. We all know back in the day, sometimes you could apply an update and everything would go wrong. So I try to avoid that. I think that's probably common uh, in the Joomla world. I think in the WordPress world, people are more familiar now that they've had WordPress core updates in the core now for four years, Steve, something like that. Longer, so maybe seven, I, I think, think now. Oh, seven. Wow. Okay, sure. So I, I think that's there. It'd be interesting to see if Joomla goes down that path also, for the core at least. WordPress is only for uh, minor updates though, correct? At the moment, I think more are coming. Point updates, I think that's right, yeah. Do you think they're going to, to change it to be for the major? They're getting close and certainly made updates for plugins and themes are coming pretty soon. Interesting. It'll be configurable in the WordPress backend, but you will be able to enable auto-updates for plugins and themes pretty soon. Yeah, one of the things that I've come across with, uh, unfortunately, in doing some work I do outside of, of Red Sage work is a lot of themes, if they're updated, don't fare well, it, especially ones that are the, the big commercial bloat, full-featured templates that necessarily weren't, weren't set up by somebody who really knew how to set up templates correctly with child themes and all of that sort of thing. Or necessarily they were on a, a server that had really old PHP. I mean, it's an older site. I just worked on a site that was running on PHP 5 on the server. Uh, nothing wow. had been updated in at least four years. So another developer reached out to me and said, How, can you help me with this? And so what I did is I was able to get as much of a backup as I could. I couldn't get a full backup because the server, uh, they didn't have enough server space. They couldn't get a hold of anybody to help them with the server space or, or anything with it migrated it into cloud access and I was able to experiment doing updates and updating PHP until I got it all updated finally, but it was a real process. And so when that's one of the reasons why automatic updates are a little bit, I'm a little bit wary because you never know the combination of what and how things are going to break. Now we have control over our system. So I'm sure enabling automatic updates in watchful, we would fare absolutely fine with it because we're on top of things. I, I'm just a little leery of them. So one of the really interesting things I learned about Red Sage from talking with you guys is that you're an, an entirely US-based company. You don't have any work sent offshore. Your team provides healthcare for everyone, provides 401k matches. You must be doing really well, or at least being really careful on the financial side of the business. How does the revenue side of Red Sage work? Do you have a really big recurring revenue base? Do you bring in one or two big sales every year? Most of the agencies that I talk with on a regular basis quite often have cash crunches or financial ups and downs. What's the secret to Red Stage being a very stable U.S.-based company with good benefits like you guys are? Dan is the vice president of operations. He's also married to Ellen, the company president. But Dan is an Excel spreadsheet guru. 
Dan can tell you down to the minute what it costs to run Red Sage and, okay. and give you all kinds of data to back it up. And Dan used to do kind of the same thing for General Electric before he retired. So he kind of keeps us all on track and, and we use a time tracking software and we track all of our time while we're working, whether it's, you know, we have categories to track time if you're just standing around at the water fountain talking to somebody else or if you are working on a project. Is that project, is the time get tracked to the project or there are times where we're learning new things or trying to develop new products for customers and we have categories for that too. So that at the end of the pay period, you can click a button, get a report and see where all of your time went over the last you know, two weeks. And Dan will tell you that before we started doing that and tracking all our time, our company was not profitable. Now he can even tell you whether, you know, the website versus the marketing side, which one is more profitable, which ones, you know, how are you performing down to the person or down to the department or even down to the project? We do have ongoing hosting because um, of our websites, we host them and charge them an annual fee for hosting. We charge hourly for maintenance if we're doing maintenance for them. And then we also have quite a few marketing companies where we are their marketing agency and it's, we handle everything for them from, you know, developing Facebook posts and, and LinkedIn posts. And in some cases, we're the ones posting those things, their social media accounts and any other kind of marketing that they would need. And we have those, some of those are on annual contracts. Oh, okay. So it sounds almost as if you're in a sweet spot of having been around for maybe a decade or so and having built up a lot of local trust. Plus you have someone running the company who is very good with processes and doing the Excel spreadsheet side of things. Plus you have a, a good mix of hourly maintenance work and ongoing site updates and perhaps new projects as well. It sounds as if you guys are well positioned to deal with some bumpy times. I think so. And, you know, one of the things in talking about using cloud access and using Watchful is Dan has found ways to pull data from those those other programs or, or other services into his spreadsheets and keep everything in there so he, he knows what PHP versions are in use on what websites and what's going on with everything all in one place and it's all linked together and tied together and it's unbelievable what he did. <laughs> He's an Excel master. Yeah. Cool. So besides good processes and you know all the wonderful things we've talked about so far, what, what do you think are, you know, what's the other number one or number two, top two things you need uh, if you're a web agency? What's the most important for you guys for stability and long-term sustainability? Well, uh, I think using a, a product like Watchful, uh, it allows us to set up our our backup system to push, make sure backups are being done on a regular basis, and then we're pushing them out for storage on Amazon services. And it means that in the event that something goes wrong, we are fully prepared to be successful in recovery. And that is one of the most important things I think most web, web agencies might not look at hard enough, is that you need to have the ability to keep your sites secure and updated, and you need to have a backup process uh, so that you can set yourself up for success. And are you uh, are you tracking also like backup failures? I mean, do you get a notice when there's a backup failure? I know probably you're using Akiba to do some of your backups that yes. can send a failure notice. There's also stale backup notifications in Watchful. Do you use one or both of those maybe? 
We do. I, one of the things when I when I log into Watchful, the first thing I look for is I scan down the column to see if there was a backup that didn't happen or if there was a series of backups that didn't happen. And then I can, down to the site, I can go in and, and see what the problem may be and then re, reset up my backups to make sure they're happening. And it's really nice to log in and see that all my backups have occurred. It's kind of, it's a comfort <laughs> when you manage so many sites at one time to be able to have an overview of everything and how everything is sitting at that moment, it's it's really quite a comfort. Ladies, it's been uh, super interesting learning about Red Sage and talking with you today. How can we learn more about Red Sage or, or follow you guys online? Uh, how do we get in touch? Our website is redsageonline.com and all of our social media links are on there. Awesome. Thanks, Teresa. Thanks, Jennifer. Thank you. Thanks, Steve, Nick. Thanks, folks. Take care.